Hi there and welcome. I'm Rabbi Nachometh with the Las Vegas Kollel. If you were to ask John Quincy Adams to evaluate his presidency, he'd be the first to tell you that it was an unmitigated failure. It's not to say that he was a bad president. Most scholars rank him middle of the pack. He was an average presidency. But when you think about the skill set that he had, his experience, and the things that he wanted to accomplish, his presidency was a failure, and he'd be the first to acknowledge that. In terms of his intellect, most historians will tell you he was one of the smartest, if not the smartest person to ever serve as president, in terms of his IQ. And in terms of his experience, virtually no president has had as much experience as he had when he headed into that, that office. He was born in the 1760s. He saw the Battle of Bunker Hill firsthand. He traveled with his father, John Adams, who would be his president in his own right. He traveled with John Adams when he was a young boy to France, where his father worked together with Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin, to build an alliance with the French and help out the Americans during the Revolutionary War. He was friends with Thomas Jefferson. He was friends with Ben Franklin. He served as secretary to the ambassador of Russia when he was only 14 years old. In the 1790s, George Washington appointed him ambassador to the Netherlands, and he would later serve in the Senate for a term. Madison appointed him as ambassador to Russia, and he was the secretary of state under Monroe. And that was a launching point to becoming the president. And he ran for the presidency in 1824, and he won that election, but by a very narrow margin. When he was president in 1824, Congress did not like him. As a matter of fact, they were obstructionist. They would not pass any of the legislation, any of the goals that John Quincy Adams had for the United States. The Congress shot it down, and he couldn't get anything accomplished. He had grand plans, ways of making the country a better place, things that he wanted to do to improve the United States, but the Congress just stood in his way. And he realized that very early on in his presidency. And he felt trapped. He felt like he was a prisoner in the White House because he couldn't get anything accomplished because Congress, and for that matter, the people of the United States, really did not like him very much, and he couldn't accomplish anything. And when he left the Washington, D.C., when he left the White House in 1828, he was resentful. He was bitter. He knew his presidency was a failure. And if you would have evaluated in 1828, evaluate, rank your presidency, he would have told you it was a failure. And when he left Washington in 1828, if you would have asked him, well, what next? He probably would have told you, look, you can't really do much more than becoming pro the president. That's kind of the top. I'll probably retire, go back to Massachusetts. I don't know, play golf for the rest of his, rest of his life in retirement. He was bitter, he was upset, he was resentful, he had been president, couldn't accomplish very much. And if you'd ask John Quincy Adams in 1828, as he was leaving office, kind of project, you know, the future of your life, he probably would have told you, look, my most impactful years were behind me. My greatest accomplishments, those are kind of behind me because the trajectory of my life has kind of stalled. I'm not really gonna be such an impactful person moving forward. I've already maxed out as president, probably not much left for me to accomplish in life in terms of being an impactful person. It's a remarkable thing. If you study the book of Exodus, we know the hero, the, the guy who is really the most significant person, the hero of the story is Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu. 
But what's interesting is that if you read the verses carefully, we learn that Moses, he's born, he's raised in the house of the Pharaoh, but then he runs away. He has to flee Egypt. He only returns as the savior and redeemer of the Jewish people later on in his life. And if you read the commentary of Sfarno and others, they will tell you that when he came back to be that hero, to be that impactful person, he was 80 years old. He had already lived two-thirds of his life, which is such an interesting thing if you think about it. For 80 years, he was an anonymous person. He didn't really accomplish anything in terms of his public impact for the Jewish people. I'm sure he was a wonderful guy for those 80 years. I'm sure he did a lot in terms of his personal growth and his family. But at 79 years old, if you would have asked Moses on the street and asked him, hey Moses, what do you think about the future of your life? My guess is he may have told you, look, I'm sure you know I'm a wonderful guy, but you know, I'm 79 years old, I kind of am who I am, I've accomplished what I've accomplished, and if you would have kind of asked him, project the next couple of years of his life, I highly doubt he would have told you, yeah, I'm going to be Moses, the redeemer of the Jewish people, the leader of the country, and I'm going to be the one who's going to take them out of the land of Egypt and deliver, deliver the Jewish people to be the Amman Nifkar, the chosen people. I don't think he really saw that coming. And it's really a beautiful lesson if you stop and think about it. So many of us, when we look at our lives and we think about what we've accomplished, the background that we have, the skill sets, our nature, our nurture, we kind of view our lives in a certain, through a certain prism. And when we look forward, we kind of project or prognosticate what we think our futures will be, we kind of look towards the future through the lenses of what we've accomplished in the past. And what we do is we create artificially low ceilings in terms of projecting our futures. We see what we've accomplished, we recognize the kinds of people who we are, and we look at the future of our lives through that lens. And the story of Moses, the story of Moshe Rabbeinu, the giant who he was, it's such an inspiring story if we think about he really didn't accomplish all that much in terms of his public impact for the first two-thirds of his life. For the first 80 years of his life, he didn't really have that much impact on the Jewish people. That great force that was Moses, the impact, the person, his leadership, his greatness, we only really know about the last third of his life. He was 80 years old, he lived in anonymity. And it's such a powerful lesson. So often we think that our lives and what we have in front of us, it's gonna kinda just be the product of who we have been up until this point. And the story of Moses tells us, don't create that artificially low ceiling. Don't go ahead and create this artificial sense of our future. The greatest accomplishments, the most impactful things that we are going to accomplish in our lives, they might be ahead of us. They might, lead, they might be in our future. And and even if we're later on in life, even if we have a whole lifetime of experiences that don't seem to, to go ahead and point in a particular direction, let's look at the story of Moses and recognize what we've accomplished up until this point. Our life's trajectory up until this point might take a sharp turn at some point. And the most impactful thing that we are going to do might lay ahead of us. And we need to recognize that and be inspired by that because that's the story of Moses. If you would have asked John Quincy Adams when he left Washington in 1828, 
you know, the most impactful thing in your life. Do you think that's going to be ahead of you or behind you? He probably would have told you, look, it's behind me. I've been an ambassador. I've been a senator. I've been a president. My greatest accomplishments, my greatest impact, for sure it's behind me. What's really interesting is that John Quincy Adams in 1831 was elected to the United States Congress, which if you really think about it, is pretty humbling. Here you have a guy who served in every high office. He was the president. And now he, he was elected by his district as the representative to Congress, which is, relatively speaking, compared to his other accomplishments, pretty humbling. But what's remarkable is for the next 17 years, until the day, literally the day he died in 1848, John Quincy Adams would be one of the first public advocates decrying slavery. And it's a really remarkable thing. You can make an argument that one of the most impactful people to ever serve in the United States House of Representatives was John Quincy Adams when he served after becoming president. He was outspoken, he was critical, he was vocal, and he was strong-minded, speaking out against the evils of slavery. And he was really one of the first public figures, someone of real public stature, to really go ahead and speak about the evils of slavery. And he went ahead and he riled up a lot of the abolitionists, a lot of the people who would go ahead and fight slavery, even young men like Abraham Lincoln, who he served in Congress next to. And it's such a beautiful story where we might think, look, our greatest accomplishments, they're behind us. We think our most impactful things that we've done for humanity, well, it's in the rearview mirror. Not so fast. The greatest impact that we might have, the greatest accomplishments that we might have, they might be ahead of us. Let's always remember that. Stay inspired, stay focused, and recognize our greatest accomplishments might be still yet in front of us.